0: DJ and PK, 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. It's Monday. It's the 9 o'clock hour. That means one thing. It's time to get out to the Sprint special guest line. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Jake Scott in for David James this morning. And joining us now, he is former BYU basketball coach Steve Cleveland. Coach, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm doing well, thanks.
0: Coach, uh, uh, well, actually, let's start here. What do you think about the uh, Orlando bubble idea that seems to be coming to fruition for the NBA?
1: I love the idea. (laughs) I love the idea. Any thought that that, that the NBA actually is going to be on TV again and we can actually watch it. Um, I guess, you know, it'll be an interesting thing. I I know one thing, there's plenty of housing and... um, it's, it's warm there in the summer, but they're going to be inside playing, so that shouldn't be an issue. But uh, I, I do like the idea. I think people are just starving for it. I think that financially, that the league itself is, they're trying to protect the players and put themselves in a safe environment, and at the same time also allowing them to, you know, uh, financially to, to be able to kind of meet, meet the uh, projections there of, of what their salaries are. And there's just a lot of win-wins for it. I can't think of anything that's real negative. There's not going to be any fan base there. It sounds like the testing piece is in place. They're going to be tested and then retested again. So I think they're covering every base that they have to cover, and I think our country is excited to, to see some NBA basketball. I know I include myself in that group.
2: Yeah, amen. I agree with you 100%. I was thinking about what happened over – well, starting Friday – And then into the weekend, get your comments on both. We lost two Hall of Fame coaches, uh, Jerry Sloan and Eddie Sutton. Now, during your entire time at BYU, just up the road was Jerry Sloan. And I know you competed against Eddie Sutton when you were at BYU, uh, at least a couple of times, I can recall. Uh, First, just give us your thoughts on Jerry Sloan and maybe any interaction that you had. You know, uh, my interaction with Coach Sloan
1: was – you know, I, it, we, we didn't. I mean, I think we I would, we'd consider ourselves friends because we had had some contacts and had short conversations. But I didn't really have any real life experiences. All my experiences with Jerry were watching either in the arena and watching his teams play and watching him. And I think as coaches, sometimes we kind of uh, you know we watch coaches and, and at every level. You know, I watch high school coaches, I watch junior college coaches, division one coaches, just to see how they react and uh, kind of what their behavior and their demeanor is. and it's just kind of how they how they work and operate. And, you know, I, when I thought of – when when that happened, I think we all kind of felt a loss of, of someone that was one of the most passionate people that I had been around. And, again, I'm talking about maybe three or four times where I was in his presence chatting with him, and it, it wasn't any real in-depth conversations. But just, just being around him, I, I think somebody asked me this the other day, and I said <clears> – <throat> If if I had one word that I had to use to define coach, it would just be that he has a huge heart. And that can, can, you know, number one for his players, his relationships. You know, he was a tough competitor as a player. He was tough on guys. But his passion and his heart were the things that impressed me the most. I mean, he was so authentic, so real. He would share what he feels where a lot of guys won't do that. And, you know, I'm sure people look at him today and he was a little bit old school. We need way more old school. Uh, I think that uh, it was such a refreshing thing. And he always made me feel important. I mean, in, 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 in settings, he you know, it was always about, you know, Coach, how are you doing? What's going on? It was always about someone else and not about him. It was never been about him. And, uh, and, you know, some things I've learned about Coach, too, just – getting and watching, reading social media and reading different articles. And I didn't realize he was the first banner that went up with the Chicago Bulls. And uh, what a a great career he had there. I wasn't aware of that. And uh, just to think about the influence he's had in Chicago and in Utah and considering the number of players in the NBA, young and old, that have reached out or were touched by him tells you a little bit about the influence, impact he had in, in the basketball world, but just in the world in general about what a, a great human being he was.
0: Coach Steve Cleveland with us here on 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. Uh, you mentioned observing what uh, Jerry Sloan coach and what type of coach he was. Why do you think his philosophies and system fit so well with his players, specifically John and Carl?
1: <clears throat> well, I think one of the things you do as a coach and I mean in the NBA, that your, your team can change you know pretty dramatically, but you know both of them were system-oriented guys. I mean they, they were capable if they had been in another system, then I think they still would have flourished. But in that system, they, they really did flourish, where everybody kind of knew their role, Everybody accepted their role. And, and whether it were the intangibles that were established in, in you know, having an, an incredible culture and who they were and, who, you know, everybody knew who the Utah Jazz were. You know, I mean, sometimes you see organizations and you say, you know, they never really seemed to kind of – you never knew exactly what team was going to show up. Well, with the Utah Jazz, they showed up night in and night out doing the same things, running the same action, and they got really good at it. And, and uh, you know, there wasn't – it wasn't a, a system where – you know, there's an inordinate number of threes or it was a system where we spread the floor or today where, you know, there's a lot of spacing and, you know, that they had the way they played and they were in a position to win NBA championships. And, you know, certainly, I mean, one thing you do, you gain an appreciation. Sometimes you forget about how good Carl and John were and the impact that they had in this game. I mean, just statistically, you go through it and go, wow, I did, I did, didn't, I didn't remember that, you know. And then you go back and watch the clips and watch them play. And the execution, uh, you know, they just kept doing what they do and they did it perfectly and teams would break down and they'd get in mismatch situations. And Carl is so versatile offensively. And, uh, you know, be honest with you, John, uh, one of the greatest competitors that ever played in that league. you're looking for pound for pound at what he did for a long time. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think it was five or six years in a row they won 60 games, uh, which a lot of those things just went unnoticed. And, and, and maybe us watching the last dance has uh, given us an opportunity to appreciate how good Utah really was and uh, how well coached they were and uh, they had a system and they executed it and it was it may have today may be looked at as kind of old school basketball, but uh, it worked, and uh, and you had two Hall of Fame guys right there at the center of it, uh, executing and and really what a treat for the state of Utah and the people that have lived here all these years. Um, I didn't have that ex- experience to watch them that entire time, but I got here in '97. I got the Pro Bowl '97, so I got the best of it the first two years. So it was really good
2: i had an opportunity Cleve, to be around you on a pretty much an intimate level during the time that i was working for the newspaper and covering your program as you were trying to build that thing and it was such a grind to try to build it the work was just enormous you know and eventually you got it done but one of the things i can remember talking to you during a practice uh, maybe it was after or before and and it was, uh, you had built the program a little bit, and you were expected to get to the NCAs, and it was right around January, I think, and you still had work to do. And it was really taking a toll on you, and I can remember you told me you went to California and did a quick speaking engagement, and you said, man, just being away for a day, I was able to breathe. And the way you said it, you said it so emphatically, it's like I could almost put myself in your shoe. And the point I'm making is that it was such a grind to try to win games there was all the stuff weighing on you and jerry sloan did that for 23 years could you speak to the consistency that he was able to show over such a long period of time and how difficult that must have been based on your own experience
1: yeah i think you know for every coach uh we all handle things differently And uh, everybody has different ways and different methods they do to deal with the stress and the grind. And, and uh, and it, it does take some internal toughness and mentally, you have to be in a place where, you know, you have to be. And sometimes even in our lives today, you know, we get to places where we're not comfortable and we're, we're just, you know, you know, how do, what do we do today? Well, you know, I can remember back then for me and then thinking about, at the highest level, where transparency isn't as it was today, but still, in the moment at that time, where every eye is upon you, night in and night out, playing 82 games in preseason and postseason, uh, you, one thing you, you have to take care of yourself. And uh, you know there there have been a number of coaches who have had to leave this business because physically, emotionally, mentally they didn't do the things that helped them to take care of themselves to get through this grind. So at a very small level, you know, I mean, and it didn't matter to be honest with you. When I was a high school coach, I felt that same grind, the same importance because that was the only world I knew when I was a junior college coach. It was the only world I knew I dealt with that. I, you know, I did things that to kind of get, keep myself fresh. And, you know, and one of the things that I know coming to the division one level where I hadn't had to really deal a lot, with the media, you know, and how to handle that and how to, how to, you know, social media was just kind of a new thing. But there still was Internet, and there was those kinds of things. And just the really good counsel that I got to, to just avoid all of that. You know, you just, there's no reason for that, you to put that in your mind or your head. You've got to control the things you can control, and the rest of it you can't worry about. And I can imagine that the, that the NBA level today, especially in the world of social media, there's just so much stuff out there we're human beings. I mean, coaches are human. They have families. They have emotions. And to keep those kinds of things in check, it, it can take a toll on you physically. And it can, it can, it can impact your health. All of those things to just grind on you. And so when I, when I think about him doing it for that many years and others like him doing it for that many years, the, it tells me this. Even though I didn't know him intimately, it, they, they have to find a balance. And, and sometimes coaches... Uh, couldn't find the balance, and, and sometimes it impacted their health. But it, it just seemed to me that there, at, at times you could see the anger, and you could feel it being around Jerry, and how competitive he was. And and I think that uh, I, I think a, a big part of it. And sometimes you need to let that steam off. Sometimes you just need to express yourself in ways that may not seem appropriate, but it's just healthy for you. And uh, But I think his relationship, just listening to all of the players and the competitors that played against him, I mean, hundreds of people have chimed in on the, just the respect that they had for him. And I think especially at the, at the highest level, you just nod your head and go, yeah, I get it. I, I remember when, uh, as coach, I remember, I remember when I went and served a mission for the church and a guy came up to me and he said, When you go home, you'll see people who did and have shared a similar experience. You'll just look at them, nod your head, and go, yep, I get it. You don't have to say anything. And the same thing is true for coaching. I mean, that was really true. It's like you don't know when you do something three years, 24-7. When you know someone else has gone through it, you just kind of smile, nod your head, I get it. And that's the same thing with coaches. It's kind of like there's such a respect we all kind of gone through the same things maybe not with the same intensity at every every program but we you, you don't really need to talk about it as a coach you just go i get it i know what you're talking about from you know off the court things with players to on the court to families to aau coaches to the media all of the things that you know are part of that experience you learn how to maintain and control and keep things in place and in check so that you can keep your sanity and, and be the most positive influence you can and maintaining a, a culture that like Coach did in the Jazz, I mean, they, if you were going to look at that team and say they're disciplined, that, that, you know, that's a word sometimes we, we, we throw around loosely, but they were disciplined. They ran their stuff. They executed their stuff. They did what they did where other people weren't playing like that. It didn't matter. This is who we are. And when I see teams do that, uh, I can usually watch a team play for about five minutes in a game and know if there's a system and that what uh, you can see that okay these guys get it they're executing it they know who they are they know their roles all of those things are in place you can watch a team play pretty quickly and understand kind of where that team's at uh, you know what what their mantra is and. The chemistry of that team and the execution—all of those things—are reflection on coaches.
2: Also, too, uh, Cleve, you had an opportunity to compete against Eddie Sutton, and one of the greatest games that BYU's ever played was at the where the Jazz play. It was the Delta Center then, I think. And he brought yep. in Oklahoma State, and I mean, it's eighteen thousand people. The place was rocking. He passes. He's also going all into the Hall of Fame. How about some interaction with him? You know what? I I did have a few opportunities to to talk
1: to coach and 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 that on that particular experience as well. And again, uh, much like the, you know the Jerry situation, these are guys that have seen it all and done it all. And uh, you know it was fun to to just just to interact a little bit, and then, and then to see these coaches in the summer. And that was a big win for us. And that's kind of when, I think it's when we started this. Uh, just having a, you know, an independent game at, at at the arena. And, uh, it it, it was, it was a game that came right down to the wire and and got us into the NC A tournament. They ended up being a final four team. And, uh, so I, I do remember, and I do remember how gracious coach was with me and uh, how kind he was. Um, we had actually had a former player, Daniel Bobic, who was playing for him. And, and I love Daniel. And, uh, and he he ended up transferring, and he ended up ended up there playing with him. And so, uh, you know, coach coach was so good. You know, it was one of those, you know it's like the, the, you know the elephant in the room. You know, it was one of those things. You know, he said, "Listen, you know, he talked. We talked a little bit about Daniel, and it's hard when kids transfer, and whatever the circumstances were. He just made you feel completely at ease, and uh, and and I, you know, we. I've talked about that. I, I You know, I've, I've had some experiences with some of his coaches over the years when I was a younger coach, and in almost every situation and circumstance, they they would genuinely ask you, how are you doing? What's, what's the hardest thing going for you? Well, how, what can I help you with? You know, when they didn't have to do that. Not everybody did that, but the Hall of Fame guys always did that, you know. And uh, I remember being on planes and, and sitting near coaches and, you know they were just so genuine and authentic, and Eddie was the same thing. And Eddie, you know, his life wasn't perfect. He, it wasn't easy for him, but he again just resilient, just resilient. And when you start listening to the players, and that that's, that's the whole test here. You know, I mean, I, I'm I on social media and I follow different people, and it, it just makes your heart feel good when you listen to the players talk about how much love and respect they had for coach and doesn't you know coaches aren't perfect we make mistakes we do things that we probably wish we hadn't sometimes but at the end of the day you got to look at the whole body of work nobody's perfect when you look at the whole body of work Eddie Sutton did a lot of good influence a lot of people coach influenced a lot of people and you know as a player in Chicago and as a coach for many years so um, we have to be careful about putting people on pedestals and thinking that they're perfect and this and that. I think realistically we need to look at people at who they are and their whole body of work, not on maybe one or two mistakes they made. And these are two men that did way, 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 way more good than maybe a couple of little mistakes here and there that they made. And they both influenced me, impacted my life as as many have. And uh, And that's one of the special things about coaching is those relationships with coaches in the summer to sit and, talk to those hall of fame guys and get their perspective on things
0: coach thank you very much as always always a highlight of the week hey thanks guys have a good one